Let me tell you something. There are days that I don't want to do this anymore. Days where I have had enough of coaching. Years and years ago, I was a manager. And managing people is is tricky because you end up being culpable for their actions or inactions. You are responsible for your team. And as much as there is, you know, a great stuff that comes with being a manager it's difficult sometimes when you know that you can do the job and you know that you're doing all you can but you struggle to get the best out of people now this is obviously one thing when you're working in a job and there is culpability as far as you know don't do the work lose your job etc um but when you're a coach it's it's hard Especially, like I said, being a coach that gives a shit. Because if you were a coach that didn't give a shit, you'd just be like, okay, fine, you do whatever the hell you want to do. You know, thanks for the money, appreciate it, all the best. But when you're a coach, you really invest yourself in people. You invest yourself in their goals and the things they want to achieve. You find out about them as individuals, their family, their past. And you become heavily invested in seeing these people make the change they're so desperate to make. And so you move heaven and earth to program an approach which is correct for them. You make it as easy as possible by manipulating every parameter in a way which requires the minimal effort. And maybe, maybe that right there is sometimes the reason where or the place where I go wrong because there are tons of success stories hundreds in fact but there's also many people that don't see the finish line many people that in spite of years of experience with human psychology and behavior you just can't get the best out of them No matter how you explain it, no matter what approach you give, getting them to stick to the plan, be that honestly or dishonestly, it's it's incredibly difficult. And week after week, when you're doing your best to drag that person forwards, sometimes you think, hang on a minute, this is your goal, not mine. feel like you're carrying someone up a mountain, despite the fact that they're the one that said, come on, let's go climb a mountain. It's a hard job. It's a really hard job. But the rewards from it, to see those that embrace the ethos and transform, that's where, yeah, that's that's where the real fruit of this comes from. But I feel that it's important to kind of shed light on this because hopefully through this podcast, I will help you guys understand about the other side of the coin. Not just, you know, oh, who's worried for the coach? That's not what this is about. What I mean is, coaching is exactly that. Not It's not doing. It's not coercing. It's coaching. The root cause or the root motivator behind everything that you guys as the clients do has to come from you. A coach's job is to make, well, join the dots, if you will, from where you are to your goal and to make that journey as easy and as undisturbed as possible. 
But make no mistake, whether you're doing a traditional old school diet like no carbs, clean eating, shakes or whatever, or whether you're doing my approach, a new school approach of flexible dieting, regardless of either of those factors, people seem to forget these days that discipline and resilience is still required. You can't just go, oh, the approach is easy, it's effortless, so jobs are good in. And as I said previously, perhaps sometimes that's where the con is in this approach. As I mean, pros and cons. Perhaps because the approach is so easy, there's a natural lackadaisicalness built in. Like, oh, it's effortless, so I don't have the intensity. To draw a parallel with coaching alongside the transformation it's very very similar as i said sometimes i sit here and i think why the fuck am i still doing this some days when it just feels like you can't get anybody to do anything and it's like and you're so frustrated screaming at the screen going come on guys like i cannot make this any easier for you it's sometimes the same thing with your own transformation your own adherence to your own program. You've removed as many obstacles as you can. Your gym kit is laid out, ready to go. You've got the a program which is easy to enjoy, which is the perfect time frame duration, the perfect setup. As far as nutrition, you've got everything in the house that you need. You've got no distractions as far as being able to overconsume on the biscuits. And... You've got everything pre-logged already into your MyFitnessPal, your NutriCheck. But despite of that, it's still a graft. It's still a struggle. You're still getting hungry at a random time of the day when you're two hours away from your next snack and you're an hour after lunch. That's when the resilience, where the discipline is still needed. Because transformation is hard but it's hard not only because you're fighting against years of alternative behaviors but because the duration is never a short one everybody likes to think that it is you know oh it's all right a couple of weeks all good and yeah if you've been at maintenance, you've achieved what you wanted to achieve and you've gone on holiday, then yeah, it's probably only a couple of weeks you need to rein things in again. But when you're in the thick of your transformation, you can count the timeline in months, not just days and weeks. Because yes, bigger deficit leads to faster fat loss. Your body has to find and make up a larger portion of energy that you're it's not receiving from food and it has to burn itself but to do that to be in a larger calorie deficit means that you've got to adhere to lower calorie consumption it means you've got to do more movement more exercise which makes it hard to stick to in the long term it's this direct correlation between intensity and longevity the more intense the approach is, the less time you can sustain it for. 
this is the reason I have my Maybell Moyes program and I have my online coaching. There's a place in the world for both. So realistically then, although you can go through phases of fast fat loss, it's important to remember that you're going to be knuckling down for the long haul with this journey. This has to become a way of life, part of your life for a decent amount of time. And then after that, the changes that you've made to the way that you approach your food, the changes that you made to the way you approach exercise or you know, perhaps the newfound exercise that you now do, the changes to the way that you move throughout the day, the thought process surrounding your daily activity, a lot of it needs to stick. I'm not saying you have to be Mr. Fitness or Mrs. Fitness and you know your whole life has to revolve around it, but some of us are just naturally gifted for either all of our lives or the vast duration or the vast quantity of our lives. We're able to just intuitively manage our nutritional intake, intuitively manage our movement. Maybe we have just naturally active jobs. And there's a few freaks of nature out there that genuinely enjoy strenuous exercise. <laughs> My point is that there are those in society that never have this struggle. Never have to worry about it. It's just built in. And that's due to so many factors. Genetics, the way they've been brought up, etc., etc. But if you're listening to this, chances are you're not one of those people. Chances are you're just like me. And you're one of those people which does have to consider how they eat. That can have periods of time where they do kick the ass out of it and they go with the seafood diet. I see the food, I eat it. Periods of time where you don't have to focus on your day-to-day movement and you don't have to worry about exercise. But it catches up. And so, I guess as, as ominous as this sounds, my job is to remind you that you are going to spend the rest of your life having to be mindful of what you do. And I say mindful, I don't mean consciously at the forefront of your mind every second of the day. Because that's where habits come into play. Habits are the natural autonomous behavior or mechanism, probably a better way of putting it to ensure that these actions are done automatically, in the background, not using our conscious brain, but more our subconscious one. But how do you get to that point? How do you get to the point where what you're doing isn't a conscious thought anymore? Well, you get to it through time. And you get through it to, through trial and discipline and resilience. And does it last forever? Once you go through that time, discipline, resilience, is that it? No, it's not. Because you'll go through periods such as December or holidays where you kick the arse out of it a little bit and all of those habits, all of those behaviours, they get broken. So we need to consciously reenact those behaviours again. It's one of the reasons why every client I've ever worked with, I always tell them, don't delete NutriCheck or MyFitnessPal because you will need it from time to time to recalibrate. 
because this is what these periods of time do. They unsettle you. They mess with your calibration. And so you do need a period of time of just getting back to what normal eating looks like, especially if there's been a prolonged period of time of the seafood diet. The funny thing is, though, that weight management and ongoing weight management, it's not a particularly sexy thing to say, is it? It's not a particular... Well, it's it's not nice to know that you're going to spend the rest of your life doing this. But the funny thing is, it's a little bit like exercise. I lift weights, for example. If I want to maintain the muscle I've got and continue to build upon it, I am going to have to lift weights for the rest of my life. Luckily, I've learned to enjoy it. And I've learned to understand that that 40, 45 minutes in the gym... Yeah, believe me, I'm done with the fucking hour or hour and a half long workouts. They're 45 minutes max these days. I've learned that that period of time is a period of graft required to reach the rainbow on the other side. Not just in terms of results, but, you know, the feeling afterwards. I've never regretted a workout afterwards because I always feel better. The dopamine release, the endorphins, everything that comes along afterwards, it's worth it. But I am not, to any stretch of the imagination, going to sit here and lie to you and go that not every single workout is a graft. It is. Every single one I have to shove myself into. There are days when it's a gentle push with an index finger. And there are days when it's a proper this is Sparta kick. But every day, there is a battle going on between... My ass being attached to the sofa or the bed and actually getting up and getting it done. Cut from the same cloth as you guys. Just because I sit here recording a podcast, just because I do what I do on social media, just because I am the coach doesn't make me any different to all of you struggling. I am an average Joe just like hopefully all of you listening. And so I feel it's important to shed light on the fact that it's okay to be lazy from time to time. It's okay to have those lackadaisical periods. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to earn them. You have to make sure that the majority of the time you're doing the work. But there's nothing wrong with putting your feet up from time to time. In fact, I would argue that it's necessary. But we do need to understand that This is a lifelong commitment. It's not a lifelong commitment to weight loss. Weight loss is simply a period of time where you are consuming less calories than you burn to elicit a fat loss response. But weight management, looking after yourself, investing time in yourself, that's a lifelong commitment. Now, there's a million different ways to do that. But if you truly want to be successful at this and you don't want to have to do the massive journey over again, then you're going to have to make some changes to ensure that your life is set up to look after you. You're going to have to do some trial and error, some experimenting to find the form of movement that you genuinely enjoy. Or hate less than all the others. And yeah, you know what? All of that food that you love, you can't have your cake and eat it. 
you can have a burger, you can have chips, you can have pizza, chocolate, booze, a Chinese takeaway. You can have all of it. But you can't have all of it all of the time. But if only, if only there was some parallel that we could draw between fat loss and something else that we do in our lives, which we're going to have to spend the rest of our lives being conscious of, that we don't have these complaints about. We don't have the complaints of, oh, I don't want to, to have to stay mindful for the rest of my life. I want to be able to eat whatever I want to eat. I want to be able to move however I want to move. These are such farcical complaints when you really think about it, especially when you draw the parallel with something else that you do have in your life that you are going to have to spend the rest of your life considering, negotiating and budgeting for. And that's money. I've used this analogy a few times, but it's a powerful one. Think of your investment in yourself just like money. For the rest of your life, as it has been since you left your teenage years, you have had to think about every pound that you've spent. You have had to consider the incomings and outgoings and you have naturally had this autonomous mindset of how much is in the bank. You've had this autonomous behavior of is that good value or not with every purchase you've made. You've done it within the last few days when you've walked into a shop and you've considered to buy one thing over another one and you've always reflected upon the price. Is it worth it or not? And of course, you've gone to work. You've done your bit to earn that money in the first place. Many mornings you've potentially woken up not wanting to, but you've still got on with it because you know the importance of it. The problem is that for so many of us, we don't consider looking after ourselves in terms of calories consumed, calories burnt. We don't think of it in the same guise. And we should. Because none of us are complaining day after day after day that we have to focus on our money for the rest of our lives. None of us are complaining that till we are pushing up daisies, we need to consider what is in the bank versus what is going to go into the bank. Making a subconscious or conscious decision every single time we go to buy something. Is it worth it or not? Is it good value or not? Can I afford it or not? We have no issue with that behavior. So why? With arguably the vessel in which we can earn that money in the first place. Are we so resistant? Why are we not prepared to do the same thing of considering the choices that we make, considering the calories that we spend, allowing ourselves to indulge and spend some calories from time to time, but being mindful of what we're up to. Moving simply because we know we need to move, we know we need to earn. Recognizing, oh shit, I have been on this fucking sofa all day long. I need to get up and get some movement done. Holy shit, this week has been pretty sedentary. Okay. I need to get up. I need to get on with it. We treat our bank accounts with far more respect than we treat 
ourselves and our own bodies and our own minds. Yet, we've put the cart before the horse in that instance because you can't earn the money without your body and your mind. Arguably, hear me out here, should your body and your mind not be the bigger priority to look after? So, as we draw this podcast to a close, I encourage you to do this. Make it a life. Not the fat loss phase. That's a temporary phase to achieve a goal. To get to a certain point. But in terms of the mindfulness, stop trying to think that it is temporary. You are going to have temporary periods where you don't give a shit. Temporary periods where you do indulge. Much like when you spend on the credit card when you're on holiday. And you think, oh, I'll deal with it when I get back home. There's still a subconscious mindfulness of don't kick the ass out of it. But you do indulge. You relax. But yeah, the majority of the time, you're going to have to consider how you approach your consumption. You're going to have to think about day-to-day movement. And much like your bank account, you are going to have to think about managing that to the best of your ability. Managing that movement, managing your exercise, and making this part of your life. Exercise isn't just about intensity, which is where I find so many people go wrong. They obsess about, oh my god, it's so much effort. It doesn't have to be. Exercise can be on many different scales. If you go to the gym and you work out of 40% intensity, you will still see a result from that. It just won't be as quick as someone that works out at 80%. So, knuckle yourself down for the long haul, folks, and recognize that when it comes to this journey, it is lifelong. It is a commitment. And there are changes that you are going to have to cement as just part of your life. Accept the things of which you cannot change. Have the courage to change the things you can. And the wisdom to know the difference. See you on the next one. Toodles.